we're privileged to have obviously the whole team here from, from Auckland, a mix of our Auckland City and West Auckland, so it's fantastic. But we've got uh, an exceptional man of God coming to share communion with us. This man, I tell you, he can preach, he can rap, he can dance, he can, I don't think there's anything that he can't do. So um, please welcome Tinny uh, as we come around communion this morning. Morning, church. Uh, my name is Tinny, and I'm one of the Young Adults Leaders at uh, Overflow Ministry in our West Auckland campus. Uh, it's an honor and privilege to lead us through communion this morning. Uh, would the ushers please start to distribute the emblems? And could you please hold on to your bread and juice until the end, and we'll eat and drink together. First uh, Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 26. It reads, The Lord Jesus, on the same night on which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Communion is an integral part of our worship towards God. It's precious, it's sacred, it's a part of who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. Every time we take communion, we are remembering the Lord's death. Yes, we remember the day he died and shed his blood, but we also proclaim the day that he is to come again. Communion covers the present, the past, and the future. The bread symbolizes his body that was broken for you. The juice represents his blood that was shed for the forgiveness of sins. The bread and the juice, two such frail elements and yet so powerful in its meaning. In John chapter 6, it talks about how Jesus declares that he is the bread of life. And when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you receive eternal life. The bread you hold in your hand is to remind you, you have eternal life because you have received Jesus Christ. In Exodus chapter 12, it talks about the Passover and the importance of the blood. And God tells Moses that he's going to strike every firstborn in Egypt. And he tells Moses to tell the Israelites to take a lamb without blemish and take the blood of that lamb and put it on the doorposts of every house. And when I see the blood... I will pass over. Not when I see their good works. Not when I see if they have a big house or a small house or the big bank account or how flash their car is. It doesn't matter what color the house is. It doesn't matter if the house has a few cracks in it or it's on its last legs and it's about to fall down. It's when I see the blood, the Lord says, I will pass over them. Jesus became our sacrificial lamb without blemish. If we have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have received forgiveness. The juice is to remind you that you have been forgiven. You have been saved because of the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed upon the cross. The blood removes your sin and exposes your great value to God. Before I pray, I just want us to Take a moment just in our hearts, just to remember the significance and the magnitude of what you're about to receive. The whole purpose of Jesus coming to this earth was to die. Jesus willingly gave his life for you and for me. He didn't resist the arrest. He didn't resist the accusations. He didn't resist the crown of thorns embedded upon his head. He didn't resist the whips, the beatings, the mockings, the spitting. He didn't resist carrying the rugged cross. He didn't resist the nails being pierced through his hands and his feet. Why? Because he knew the only way to save you and I, the only way for you to receive eternal life and forgiveness was for Jesus to die upon the cross so that God may pass over you. Let us pray. Thank you, Father. For the blood that was shed upon the cross for our sins. Thank you, Father, for sacrificing the ultimate cost, Lord God, 
Thank you, Father, for sending your Son so that, so that we may be forgiven. We may be saved. We may receive eternal life. Thank you, Lord, that we are blood washed, sanctified, justified, just like we have never sinned because of your Son. Thank you, Lord, that we are righteous in front of your eyes. We are sanctified in front of your eyes. We are holy in front of your eyes because of the, what your son did. We thank you, Lord, and we praise your name today. And we take this communion knowing the significance of it, knowing how precious this is and how sacred this is. And we say thank you, Lord, and we praise you, and we give you glory, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Let us eat and drink together. Uh, if you're finished, uh, you can just quietly pass your cups to the center aisle and our ushers will come and collect them for us. Thank you. Wow, that was fantastic, Tinny. That was, bro, you should bottle that communion and sell it, man. That was, <laughs> what a great message, what a great thought and uh, so powerful. So uh, this morning we have one of my uh, favorite pastors, um, one of the leaders that I respect most, uh, in all honesty, I call her Smitty, Smitty. We've got uh, Bogan West Auckland nicknames for each other. <laughs> so um, Pastor Helen, um, I'll let her talk about her history if she plans to. I know she's been here before. Um, but uh, honestly, I go to her for advice, I go to her for counsel, and we have uh, good chats, and, um, and I respect her leadership. I think she's just an exceptional leader and woman of God and, uh, and minister and just loves people more than I've ever seen any pastor love people before. So um, uh, pay attention, listen, listen for the voice in the voice of what God wants to speak to you what God wants you to hear and apply and, uh, and what the Holy Spirit wants you to move on today. But uh, let's welcome Pastor Helen to share with us God's Word today. Wow, I was just getting a little bit emotional there, sitting there. So my nickname for uh, Brendan is Bruiser. So you... <laughs> Bruiser, Brendan. So, oh, gosh. Hey, um... Thank you so much for having um, me and the team here this morning. It is truly an, uh, a real privilege to come and to share the word. And I'm excited about what God wants to do in Rotorua. I'm excited about what he wants to do in families. I'm excited what he wants to do in this church and that church. Um, and so it is, it's just, yeah, it's awesome to be here this morning. Thank you so much. Um, I just want to acknowledge Pastor Bruiser. No, Brendan. Um, acknowledge Brendan and Livy. We have been friends for a long, long, long time. We were going to youth together, gosh, even probably before then. And, um, and I love Libby's heart, if you, you'll get to know her. But Libby, is, she's got a heart for the lost, a heart for missions, a heart for the community, a heart for people. She is. Um, I just always knew that that Libby was going to be a pastor. I always knew that she was going to reach the lost. Um, and she's an exceptional woman of God, Libby is. Um, and she's got a heart after people like, you think I've got a heart? Well, Libby has got a heart. She's always had a heart, even when she was a teenager. I've known that girl since she was young. And then Brendan, well, he's my office mate, like my, you know, um, every time I walk past, well, I get to work in the morning, Brendan is already in there. He is diligent. He is faithful. Um, and it is an honor to be here, Brendan and I. Even this morning, we were chatting about the service and how we we're going to do it. I'm cracking up because I'm talking to him, but in my head, I'm having another conversation. I'm like, are you the like, campus pastor? <laughs> like, like, we were hanging out as friends. And, um, but look at what God can do, right, in our lives. He is so good. Um, so thank you so much, Pastor Brendan, for having us here. Well, who believes it's February? Oh my goodness, like it's February, it's not January. I just remember going on holiday with some friends, like not long ago, and bam, it is February already. The year is well and truly underway, which means before I get underway, I just want to plug New Zealand and beyond, right? I have a heart for this conference, but more than that, I have a heart for this nation. 
And um, we are only six weeks away. Not far. Like, seriously, February came just like that. Conference is going to be here just like that. If you need a place to stay, I know Tinny and Lissa have got... <laughs> if you need a place to stay, please, honestly, there is accommodation available. Um, there is people who are willing to... I, I absolutely totoko. We are in the Māori city, but I absolutely support what Pastor Brendan said. We are a family, so what God is doing in the church, in Church Unlimited up in West Auckland or in City or in Central, it's the same thing, same heartbeat, exactly the same, nothing less, because we're smaller, doesn't matter. God has a purpose and a plan for what he wants to do at conference, and if you have not yet signed up, come and sign up today. And, but I just want to put a spin on, if you want to be involved and in being part of that team, Come and talk to me after the service. Like, how's what can I do if I come to conference? Can I do anything? Absolutely. We have got space for you in our conference. So don't just, you can be a part of it, but also you can help make that conference happen because we are believing for a move of God. So before we start, and not even in my message yet, I just want to pray. I want to pray for this building. That I want to pray for this meeting because I believe God is the God of miracles. God is the God of the impossible. God can sign off contracts. God can get um, the approval that we need. God can send in the contractors and the laborers that we need to get this building underway. So if you believe that, why don't you bow your hands and we're going to pray. Father, we declare even this morning as we sang, you are the way maker, the promise keeper, the God of breakthrough. We declare, Lord God, we, we commit this meeting that is about to happen. We declare that you are the way maker. Father, we ask that this contract would land before council and the goodness of God, you would sign off that contract. You would send, Lord, an open door, Father God, that we would get into this building, God, and according to your timeline, according to your will and your time frame, God, we ask for your favor, your blessing. We ask, Lord, it will be a smooth and a quick process, and you would release this building into our hands, Father, that we could reach this city of Rotorua for your glory, God, we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, if you believe that, why don't you say, why don't you give them a clap? 100%. I, I was excited when Pastor Brendan was sharing that. I believe, I so believe in the favor of God. I believe that God can move. If you ask him, he will move. And I believe that God is so interested, even in things like this. We're believing for our own building. Dare to believe for that. Dare to believe that that contract tomorrow morning, if you get up in the morning, think, oh God, we, we believe that there's just going to be a sign-off and approval for our building. Man, I haven't even got into the message God, have your way, Holy Spirit. Would you speak this morning? Would you have your way? Well, I love the start of a new year, right? Um, mainly because I just like to reset myself. I like to, um, you know, the last year was last year and it was good. And it was, uh, I don't know if you had a great year, but 2019 was a good year for, for us. And, um, but I like standing at the beginning of the year. I like standing on the crest of a new year and looking ahead, I like looking at what I can see, but more than that, um, my biggest thing is that, man, God, what do, what do you have for my life for this year? What do you want to do this year more than that? I like looking forward and get, getting going. And here's, a, here's a, my question to you this morning. What do you see for your 2020? We're, we're only in February. We've got a long way to go. It's almost like looking down the side. It's a long way to go. What do you see for your 2020? What is God showing you? Or what, is, what are you not seeing? Are you just looking at your year and just going, oh man, um, it just looks like another year of taking the kids to school and I'm working and I'm just getting my job and I'm just, you know, doing my ordinary things. Maybe for you it's just like, oh, I'm just committed to my sports or I'm committed to business opportunities. What are you seeing for your year? Because I believe we need to see what God wants us to see. I believe we need to see his plans for our lives. Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. God's got a plan for your life for 2020. God says, I'm going to prosper you and not to harm you. I've got plans that are not going to harm you. I'm gonna, I've got plans to give you hope and a future. My question to you this morning, church, is are we going to walk into our 2020 doing the same old, same old, or doing our own thing? Or are we going to walk into 2020 and go, man, this is my year. 
this is my year. This is my year where I decided to say, God, I see what you see. God, I can, I can sense things in my spirit, God. 2020, I think I'm gonna chase those things down. These are stirring up, I don't know about you, but I know most Christians, these are stirring in your heart for things. You can either go for, towards that stirring and go, man, God, is, is, is there something there? Or you could just go, you know what, it's too hard. I'm, I, think I'm, I think I'm okay with what I've got here. Let me encourage you, and I really felt this when I was preparing, that 2020 is your year. Somebody sitting here needs to hear that 2020 is your year. You need to believe that God's got the very best for you. The very best. And here's why. Here's why we need to know that. It's because God doesn't just want us to have another year. I believe God has called us to live our best life. He wants us to live our best life. That means everything that God has promised us, that's for you. Everything that he said in the past and the previous, I believe we're stepping into a time where God's gonna say, you know what, those things, it's about to unfold. It's about to come. It's about to be, I'm gonna reveal those things. The challenge for us is that do we just look down a year, the crest of a year and go, oh yeah, I'm just gonna go to work. I'm just gonna get a job. I'm just gonna buy this. I'm gonna do that. I'm just gonna go to uni or I'm just gonna, is it just, I'm just gonna, or man, God, I'm, I, Today, I decide 2020 is my year. 2020, I'm gonna chase you down. Because the truth is God is not just, he wants to, he doesn't wanna just give us another good year. We're stepping into a new decade. 2020s, we're stepping into a new decade. I believe God wants to release the impossible. God wants to release miracles. God wants to release awesome things in your life. He wants us to live our best life. Not an average life, not a, oh, it's okay, I'm just gonna settle. God does, that's not God's plan. God says, I've got a plan and a hope and a future for you. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Turn to the person next to you, say 2020 is your year. Okay, now turn to the other person, say it with some passion. 2020 is your year. Church, Un Church Unlimited Rotorua, 2020 is our year. It's our year. If you've got your Bibles, come to me with, uh, come with me to the Gospel of Matthew 17, and it's going to come up on the screen. And it's under the message translation. It's the story about Jesus healing a demon-possessed boy. Verse 14, it goes, At the bottom of the mountain they were met by a crowd of waiting people. And as they approached, a man came out of the crowd and fell to his knees, begging, Master, have mercy on my son. He goes out of his mind and suffers terribly, falling into seizures. Frequently he is pitched into the fire and other times into the river. I brought him to your disciples, but they could do nothing. Jesus said, what a generation. No sense of God, no focus to your lives. How many times do I have to go over these things? How much longer do I have to put up with this? Bring the boy to me. And he ordered the afflicting demon out and it was gone. From that moment on, that boy was well. Verse 19, when the disciples had Jesus off to themselves, they asked, why couldn't we throw it out? Verse 20, because you're not taking God seriously. The simple truth is that if you had a mere kernel of faith, a poppy seed, you would tell this mountain to move and it will move. There is nothing that you wouldn't be able to tackle. In other words, God is saying, nothing is impossible for you. You see, the heart of the story is say, God, Jesus is saying to us, anything is possible if you believe. Anything is possible if you believe. And the title of my message this morning is Only Believe. So one of my favorite things to do is to watch marathons. I said watch marathons, not run marathons, <laughs> right? I watch marathons and I like triathlons and I love watching 100-meter sprints and one day I'm gonna get to the Olympics, right? In case you thought that I'm an athlete, you are very close, but not really, right? I consider myself as a professional athlete in cheerleading. And I just wanna say, and I don't know why, but I believe that cheerleaders make all the difference. Now, I know that uh, Brendan here, who led us amazingly this morning, uh, is a, not a marathon, you're an ultra marathon runner? You're an ultra marathon runner. You're like my hero. <laughs> like actual, 
Um, so I like to talk lots about sports, but not actually do sport. Uh, <laughs> but I believe that cheer, having a cheer squad or people cheering you on make all the difference. They make all the difference. And it's not just about being in the race, but I believe that having people cheering you on, championing you on, makes you just stay in the race, but finish and finish well. And even this, even in the weekend, I was thinking about the team that are coming down. They came down to do worship, but in my head, I was like, man, they're my cheerleading squad. They're about cheering me on. And actually, 100%, every single one of these guys have um, supported me, encouraged me. Um, oh, now I'm getting teary-eyed. Um, but everyone needs a cheer, cheerleading squad, right? Maybe cheerleaders, cheering squad. That's a side note anyway. Um, but I, I don't know if you know, but uh, um, to run a marathon is like 42 Ks. That's like nothing for Brendan. He's an ultra marathon runner. Um, 42 Ks, and, and it's never been run under the two-hour mark until like last year when one man believed the impossible, One man believed, he's like, I can do, I can run a marathon, which is 42.2 Ks, under the two-hour mark. And the world watched, including myself, I was like to the screen going, wow. Could And I watched every part of the race because I love it. And the fact, he comes in at an hour, 59 and 40 seconds, and he smashes this record. What man said was impossible, he believed he could do it. He believed he could do it. If you've ever run a marathon, I have run a marathon with very little training. Don't do that. Um, it is grueling, right? It is grueling. I mean, what, what are you running like? 42Ks is like your warm-up. What are you running an ultra-marathon? Yes. hundred and sixty Ks. Oh, my goodness. I watched the coast-to-coast race that just happened, and honestly, this is how I watch sports, and I'm like, I can do that. I can run for 16 hours. Like, actually, it's on my bucket list to do. Here's the thing. If you can believe for the impossible, you can do it. If you believe that God can do the impossible in life, you can do it. You can do it. I ran that marathon. I almost died after the 2K mark. I still had another 40Ks to go. Here's here's what kept me, and I'm 100%, this is what kept me going in the race. I said, surely the sun will go down and the sun will rise, like actual, and a new day will come. That means that this race will finish. A new day will come. And I had to believe that, as much as I had people cheering me on, I actually had to like, God, this race will finish. And I will get to the finish line before somebody taps me on the shoulder and says, get off the course, the course is closed. I reached the end, and I almost went to hospital. Actually, to be honest, I had a fever for four days. That's how bad. I did very little training, but I did it. If you believe in the impossible, you can do it. If you believe that you can do it, God will bring breakthrough. A hundred percent. I really believe that God wants, you to, God wants you to hear that if you can believe Him for the impossible, believe Him for this building, Believe in for your marriage. Believe in for your job. Believe in for your career. Believe in for a new house. Believe in for change in your life. If you can believe him for it, he will do it. See, believing is the game changer. Believing in, believing in God, that God can do it, is the game changer. We can sit all our lives being the church and we can like have faith. But if you don't believe who God says he is, we're just doing church. You gotta believe in who he says he is. You gotta believe that the goodness of God chases after you. You gotta believe that he is the way maker. He can do the impossible. You gotta believe that your marriage can be, marriage was amazing, but man, it, God's got so much in store. You gotta believe that he's got a hope and a future for your life. Question is, do you believe it and will you chase him down for it? See, the impossible, I just want to say this morning, impossibilities are the challenges that we face every day, right? And it could be challenges that we, people think impossibilities are the one-off big things. No, impossibilities are things that are beyond our control, but we believe that God can bring the breakthrough. 
That's the impossible situations. Don't get caught up in thinking, oh, the impossible is only for the super Christians. No, impossibilities are the things that we face every day that are beyond our control, but we believe in God. But we believe God can bring the breakthrough. Our faith is dependent on who God is. Our faith is dependent on who God says he is. So you might be sitting here and you're like, man, Helen, I've got a broken family. I've got a broken relationship. And there's just no way that there's gonna be forgiveness and restoration. See, that's the impossibility that we face. But we believe the truth that God says, I can, I'm the God that reconciles. I'm the God of reconciliation. I'm the God that can bring healing. I'm the God that can bring forgiveness. See, that's the impossible situation we face, but the truth is that's who God says he is. And I'm gonna believe God for that. You might be sitting here and going, man, how's I come from the only one in my family that's saved? And, you know, can, can, can God save my crazy uncle? Can God save my parents who, who are atheists? Can God save my friend or my work colleague that doesn't know Jesus? The impossible situation is that, that's, yeah, the re, that's the reality of it. But the truth is God's arm is not too, nobody is too far gone for God to save. Nobody is too far that God can't reach. We can sit here in our mind and think, oh, there's just no way, God. There's just no way. God says, I can do that. His word says, my arm is not short. I can save that person. Your job is to pray for them. Your job is to be salt and light. Your job is to show Jesus to them. You might have had a diagnosis that's saying, you know, you've got a sickness. Just recently we got uh, some news that a close a close person to us has got cancer again. For us, that's the impossible situation we face. But we're standing on the word of God every day. We are praying, you're the God that heals. You're the God that can do the impossible. You can, you can beat this cancer, God. We all face impossible situations. The question is, do you believe in who God says he is? And I wanna say that the impossible is the realm that God's called us to live in. Impossibilities and miracles is the realm that we should be living in. It's the norm. It's the norm. It's not like a one-off, like, oh, God can only, you know, did a miracle in 1980s. No, God is doing miracles every day. Every day he's doing a miracle. That's the realm that we live in. That's the norm that we live in. So this morning, I wanna look at three things that deny us the impossible becoming realities in our lives. And then I wanna look at how we can position ourselves to believe God for the impossible. So the first one is unbelief. See that passage talks about that the disciples had faith, but they didn't believe. They had faith, but they didn't believe. They didn't believe that they had the authority and the power of God to heal this sick boy but rather they had doubt in their hearts. They were double-minded. They were double-minded. In James 1, 6, 8, it says, the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. A person should not expect to receive anything from God. Such a person is double-minded and, un and unstable in all that they do. A lot of us read the word of God, but how many of you guys are challenged to believe what God says? We read it, but do we believe it? And as I was prepping this message, I remember the song, I don't know, I'm old school, but I remember this old Hills song, worship song, and, and the song was called Believe by Darlene Check. And the, the lyrics of the song go like this. I said on Sunday how much I want revival, but then on Monday, I can't even find my Bible. Where's the power, the power of the cross in my life? At one stage, I was going to sing it, but I thought, oh, no, better not, better not. I said, how much do I want revival on a Sunday, but on Monday, I can't even find my Bible. How much do we believe his word? We can call ourselves Christian, but we can, and we can have the form of it, but we have no power. See, unbelief, when you don't believe, it denies us the impossibilities becoming the norms in our life. 
Unbelief stops us. Secondly, having a wrong mindset. And a lot of us think that doing the impossible, you need faith as big as a mountain. No, you've read that passage wrong. When we think impossible, oh, that's just, that's massive. How can God do that? We need faith as big as you. We need the super Christians, the power of Christians. We need the pastors to come in. No, that's a wrong mindset. Jesus said you need faith as small as a mustard seed to tell that big mountain to move. If tomorrow morning we all got up and we said, man, God, I've got faith as small as a mustard seed, I believe 150% that that building is gonna be ours tomorrow morning. God says you can tell that mountain to move. You can tell the hand of the, the council to sign off that contract and it will be done. All we have to do is believe. And I love that Jesus teaches us about faith and to believe and he uses a seed to do that. Why? Because when you plant a seed and you water it in the right conditions, it grows. So when you begin to take God slowly and surely, I know that this is not, we're not gonna go from zero to 100. We're gonna take the next step and the next step and the next step and we're gonna believe God for more. And every time you believe God for the small things in your life, you begin to get an audacious faith and you begin to say, oh wow, God can, God can save my auntie and uncle. God can save, God can bring a breakthrough in my workplace. God can bring me a miracle. God can heal. Your faith begins to grow. The more you believe and trust in God, the more your faith gets stronger. It'll be unrealistic if I said, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna take over Rotorua. That, that's, it's unrealistic because we don't have the faith yet for it. But if we believe for those soul forms that we prayed for, if we believe for that family person that we've asked, if we believe for our work colleague that we've been praying for and we're faithful in doing that, you get, a, you get a boldness in your faith and you're like, okay, God, I've seen you do that. I've seen you do that and you have answered every time. God, I'm believing for more and I'm believing for bigger or I'm believing for the impossible. It's a journey that we're on. Hebrews 11, one. Now faith is the confidence of things hoped for and the assurance of things not yet seen. Hebrews 11, one. Now faith, now faith, oh sorry, Hebrews eleven six. for without faith, it's impossible to please God. All you need to do is believe. So have it, our unbelief stops us, stops impossibilities becoming realities. Having the wrong mindset denies us those miracles. And finally, being too comfortable denies those impossibilities becoming our lifestyle. See the, see the disciples hung out with Jesus. They watched them do miracles. They watched them do healings. They watched them heal the blind. But what they, what they forgot is that Jesus had already given them authority. So they hung out with Jesus. The disciples, I reckon it must have been cool to hang out with Jesus, walking with him, watching him in, in, in action. But that's all the disciples did. They just watched. They forgot that Jesus said, I've given you power, so you go and do likewise. And so when the father brought the sick boy to them to, to them to heal him, they were just like, oh, couldn't do it. I can't do it. And Jesus had to do that miracle. The disciples became too comfortable watching Jesus that they forgot to be Jesus. Many of us like coming to church. Now hear my heart when I talk, when I say this. We love coming to church. We love being a part of the church. We love hearing the stories about Jesus. We love singing the songs. We come to church, but we forget to be the church. See, the church is not meant to be comfortable in this place. God says in Acts 1.8, I give you power so you can go out there and be the church. So you can be the church in your workplace. So you can be the church in your community. So you can be the church in your family who needs to know you. Getting saved and coming to church, that's just, uh, I, I, to be honest, I say that's just my bread and butter. That's just who I am. That's what I do. I come to church. But I, Monday to Saturday, I be the church out there with my family, with my unsaved friends, in my workplace. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, 
Yes, let's say with passion. Turn to the person next to you and say, are you too comfortable? I want to encourage you. We are the church because a lost world needs us. Be the church. Encourage you. Be the church in your family. Be the church in your workplace. Be the church in your school. Wherever you are, be the church. Don't get too comfortable. Be the church. So don't let unbelief or a wrong mindset or being too comfortable rob you of the impossible becoming a reality. So how do we position ourselves to believe God for the impossible? Okay, so that's, those, this, that's what's stopping us. How do we position ourselves to believe God for the impossible? I wanna say, I wanna use the word faith as an acrostic. And if, so hopefully you guys will remember this as your takeaway home, faith, faith, that's what you're gonna remember. F is focus your faith, focus your faith. We live in a world of distractions. We live in a world that is just full of vying for our attention. We live in a world full of noise. We live in a world that is constantly bombarding us, saying, you know, you need to do this, you've got to be this, you've got to do this, you need to look like this, you need to sound like this. Man, we need to focus our faith and we need to say stop to all of that stuff. We need to focus on our faith and hearing the voice of God. See, faith comes by hearing God's voice. The more we are in his word and hearing him speak to us, the, the stronger our faith gets. If I, I don't know about you, but I know for young people, social media is massive. And uh, before I was just like, eh, like Instagram, like not many people. Are. Actually, the more I'm on social media, the, more, the pulling power, the, the, the voice of Instagram saying, oh, you need to do this, or look at that person, or look at what they're doing, is actually, man, I never used to think it was real until the more time I spend on it. And I'm, like, I'm realizing that, man, the voice of Instagram is loud. The voice of social media is loud. The voice of popularity, the voice of what the world is saying is loud. God is saying this morning, focus your faith. Shut those voices. Hear the voice of God. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Don't feed your faith on what the world is saying. Don't feed your faith on what, what is popular. Hear what God is saying to us. Focus your faith. A stands for ask, asking faith. God's word says in James 4.2, you have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. That's as simple as that. We don't have a strong faith because we're not asking God for strong faith. We're asking God for everything else. God says, what do you want? You wanna grow in your faith? Ask me. The disciples said to Jesus, increase my faith. One of their prayers that they said was increase my faith. This morning, ask God, make me stronger, God. Help me to believe. Help me to believe. That's, if, the, if your prayer this morning is that you're saying, God, help me to believe. Help me to believe. You have not because you ask not. So focus your faith on hearing God's voice. Ask him for a stronger faith. I is for intimate faith, an intimate faith. James 4, 8, it says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And I just wanna say that our, our relationship with God, our walk with God, everything, this is the key. Everything overflows, everything comes from that. If we guard our walk and relationship with God, that's everything. John 15, 5, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. We remain in him, we remain in him, we remain in him. He's our priority. He's our priority. Intimate faith, guard it with your life. T is trust his timing. Trust his timing. Just like everything, there's a time and a season for everything, including the impossibilities that we face. Trust his timing. I just want to say that when I was single, I was single for the longest time. Um, and people are like, oh, you know, you must have been married. Like, I got married like super, like, not say super late because it was perfect timing. Um, but I had to trust God with my singleness. I had to trust God that he had the right person for me. I had to trust his timing. 
There's a time for everything. 2 Corinthians 5.7, we walk by faith and not by sight. And part of trusting God is having a grateful heart. I really believe that part of trusting God is having a grateful heart. So instead of saying, oh man, God, I really want this, man, begin to say, God, 2020, thank you for the year that's about to come. 2020, thank you, God, that my family will be saved. 2020, thank you, God, for that breakthrough that I'm looking for. 2020, God, I thank you that you're about to do miracles in my life. Trust his timing. And lastly, H is Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Um, you know, as a church, we are in an incredible season of the Holy Spirit. And we, I know more and more my prayer every day is like, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're with me. I thank you that you're here. Holy Spirit, help me. Give me power to do what you've called me to do. To have faith to believe the impossible. We can't do it on our own strength. We can't plan and strategize. We can't, you know, structure things. God's just saying, man, believe in the Holy Spirit. That's the power that you need to do the impossible. So F stands for focus your faith on the voice of God. A is ask me for more faith. I is have an intimate faith. T is trust is timing. And H is the Holy Spirit. If I can have the band up, that'll be awesome. Church, I want to encourage you this morning, let 2020 be your year to reset and begin to chase after God. Let 2020 be your year and you say, man, God, I, I'm taking you serious. The things that I am stirring on my heart, but the things that I can see, ask God for it. Don't let unbelief, don't let having a wrong mindset about faith, don't be too comfortable. Don't let those things deny you of God's impossible for your life. But rather, focus your faith, be audacious and ask him, grow in your intimacy in God, trust his timing is perfect for everything that you believe for, and lean into the Holy Spirit for his power, because anything is possible with God if you only believe. Amen. Church, would you stand? If you could just bow your heads this morning. I just want to take um, a few moments to speak to anyone here who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You know, the word this morning was only believe. See, John 3:16 says that for God so loved the world that he sent his only son to die on the cross, that whoever believes in him won't perish, but have eternal life. There's somebody here that needs to know that God loves you. He loved you so much that He sent His only Son for you. And He made a way that you could have a relationship with God the Father, that you could have eternity when you pass through this life. Only believe that He has a plan and a purpose he saved, He came that you could have salvation today. This morning, if you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior, or you're not right with God, I wanna pray for you this morning before we continue on with the service. So if that's you, why don't you just quickly give me a, a wave, raise your hand, and I wanna pray. Is there anyone here that wants to make that decision? Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You don't have a relationship with Him or you're backslidden, you've walked away for whatever reason. He just says, come home. Today, come home. Come as you are. He loves you with an everlasting love. My last call, is there anyone here that wants to make that decision?
I don't see anyone here this morning, but if that was you, um, come and see me at the end of the service. I'd love to talk with you. Here's what we're going to do. Is that I want you just to think of that one impossible situation that you are facing. That one impossible situation, not 10, not five. What's the one thing that's pressing on your heart this morning? Bring it before Him. And we're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to come and bring breakthrough. And then we're gonna sing a song. So I want you to bring that one thing. What's that one miracle that you need this morning? What's that one breakthrough? Surrender it to God this morning. situation that you are facing. Why don't you raise your hands and we're going to pray this morning. You're facing an impossible situation. Father, this morning we declare that you are the way maker. You are the promise keeper, God. You are faithful to every word that you have spoken, to every promise over our lives. Father God, that you are the God that can heal. You are the God of breakthrough. You are the God that can provide. You're the God of restoration and reconciliation. You are a miracle working God. Nothing is impossible if we believe God. We believe that you can do the impossible in our lives, in our situations. So Father, for every 
hand that is raised this morning, every situation, we surrender to your Lordship. We surrender to you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you have the power to bring every uh, promise to pass, Lord God. And so, Father, we trust you in your timing. We trust you, Lord God, that you would work on our behalf, even when we can't see it, even when we can't feel it, Lord God. You are at work. We declare this morning, you are the way maker. You are the promise keeper. You are faithful to fulfill every word. And God, we say thank you for the breakthrough. We say thank you for the faith that you've given us to believe for the impossible. Thank you, Holy Spirit, we say in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, sing it out. We're gonna sing it one more time. Sing it with faith. Here's the way maker in your situation. Darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle work, promise keep, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. I guarantee there's something there that God has given you to grab a hold of. you know, a few things that I just love, you know, begin to believe for those impossible things. And it's not just the massive stuff, but, you know, it's the everyday things that are just a little bit beyond us. Those are the things where we need to partner with God, test God, test our faith and grab a hold of those situations and, uh, and believe that God will come through and do something for you. So let me be your cheerleader today. Let me be your cheer squad. Don't be too comfortable with your faith. Don't avoid those hard issues just because they're hard. Deal with them with God. Partner with God. Bring them before God. Pray about them. Seek Him and and, uh, put your faith on the line a little bit and see that God wouldn't come through for you because 2020 is your year. It's our year. God is going to do some amazing things before us. So let's believe for that together.